Hi everyone and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. We are delighted that you have joined us today. We're going to study the Word of God and I think it'll be a very interesting topic for you. Normally we do just the verse-by-verse, word-by-word teaching of the Word of God. Today I'm going to give you kind of a an overview of some last day's things. And then toward the end of the broadcast, we will be back into Revelation, the sixth chapter. Today, our sponsor is A Platinum Limousines. It's the holiday season, time to celebrate and do a lot of wonderful things, and you can get creative with that. Take your family somewhere, loved one somewhere. Um, and so A Platinum Limousines is taken good care of by Mike Green, that's the owner, and call him at 410-796-7430. Call Mike Green and he will get you into a beautiful limousine. So this is Pastor Earl for Pastor Earl and Friends, Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And we trust that you are becoming one of our dear friends of the faith as we grow together and study the Word of God together. I'm talking to you today about the last days. As we've studied the book of the Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 19 is our key. It's the Holy Spirit's outline for us. And it is, John is instructed, write the things which thou hast seen, Chapter 1, all about the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapters 2 and 3, the era of the church, of which I believe we are in the very uh, last days of the church era. Chapter 4 and verse 1 tells us, write the things which are hereafter. And the same word used for hereafter in 119 is the same word used as we get in chapter 4 and verse 1. Chapter 4 and 5 is an interlude. We're going to pick up in chapter 6. Chapter 4 and 5 is all about a scene in heaven where John is transported this, come up hither and I will show you things which must be hereafter. And I believe that's a portrait of what it will be like when believers are caught up to be with the Lord in an event called the rapture. There is also the second coming of the Lord in glory, but that will not be for seven more years. If you study in great detail Daniel 9, 24 to 27, the nation of Israel is given um, 
490 years to complete God's plan and program for them. 483 of those years have already transpired. There's a seven-year period. Actually, the most phenomenal prophecy in Scripture is Daniel 9, 24 to 27. You'll have to look that up. You'll have to study it because it will give the exact amount of days from the edict to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem until our Lord comes and presents himself as the Messiah. It's quite a fascinating prophecy, Daniel 9, 24 to 27. I may get you a link or something for that. So before we start our um, passage in chapter 6, let me just make this announcement. We have two mission projects. If you would like to give toward Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends, email me at charisman1234, that's C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com, or text me at 386 795-8494. A portion of your giving will go to two projects that we have going on, and they are through the church that Anita and I attend. And it is, one project is the development of an area in West Africa with schooling and water and things like that. And also another project is building two rescue houses or safe houses to deliver young people that are um, being rescued from the human trafficking um, uh, traumas. And so if you'd like to help, you make um, a, an email to me or text me, and I'll show you how you can be a part of that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless our teaching today. Lord, we just ask for those listeners that they will be attuned to the signs of the times and of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we believe it is close. In Jesus' name, draw those that are lost to you, and also, Lord, draw those believers that may be backslidden back to you in this critical hour. If I was to give to you a timeline, it would go like this, a prophetic timeline. Of course, Revelation 2 and 3 is our timeline, which is the church. And then chapter 4 and verse 1, we have the rapture of the church. Chapters 4 and 5 is an interlude showing us heaven and heaven's administration. And in chapter 5, 
the Lamb, which is Jesus, takes the scroll, a seven-sealed scroll, from the Father, and he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will unloose or take those seals off one at a time, and that will be the things going on in the seven-year period known as the tribulation. Well, let me take the next few moments and share with you out of chapter 6. Chapter 6. Remember in chapter 5, there are seven seals. In chapter 6, some of those seals will be opened and then we have seals, trumpets, and bowls. Let's just talk now about Revelation chapter 6. Chapter 4 and 5 has all been light and glorious and all about God and heaven and the Lamb and the elders and the angels and those that have gone on before us. But in chapter 6, we get into a more of a dark time. It's known as the tribulation. It will last. The explanation of the tribulation is chapters 6 to 19. Chapter 6 is kind of like a, a small outline of things to come. We call this teaching the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Let me begin. Chapter 6 of Revelation, verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb, who was described the Lamb that was slain, that's our Lord of chapter 5. He's now the risen, powerful, glorified Lamb. It says, And I saw where the Lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard as it were the noise of thunder. Thunder is what is heard before a storm. So this is a storm that is coming like the world has never seen. One of the four beasts or the living creatures talked about in chapters four and five Remember there were, they had six wings, and remember there were four faces. First there was the lion, then there was the ox, then there was the man, and then there was the eagle, and that is like the um, depictions of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it says, and the beast, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. We'll hear that phrase several times. It's followed up by, and I saw. So John is invited to see, and then it says, and I saw, verse two. And I saw and behold a white horse, White is a symbol of peace. 
It says, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. Now, at first you might think, oh, this is Jesus Christ. He's coming on a white horse. No, this is the Antichrist. Jesus Christ comes at the end of the tribulation in glory on a white horse. The rapture is when we are caught up to be with the Lord in the air. Then there's the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, a time of great suffering. And at the end of that, there will be the second coming of Christ in glory. When he comes at the rapture, he comes for his saints. When he comes at the end, he comes with his saints. And so in this second verse, it tells us, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. So the individual on there is a warrior. When Christ comes, of course, he's a warrior, and he will destroy the devil. He will destroy the Antichrist. But this is a counterfeit. This is the Antichrist, and he'll be proclaiming peace. It will be, the tribulation is divided in two parts, three and a half years each. The latter part of the tribulation is a time of great war and great sorrow, and it's divided, as I shared with you, in two periods of three and a half years. The last three and a half years is called the Great Tribulation, the Great Tribulation. But the Antichrist sets up his system as the answer to all of our problems and the uniting of the world, how he's going to do it. It'll be a very charismatic figure, not the biblical idea of charismatic, but he will have oh, an incredible personality, but he'll be a mighty warrior. He will have such control over the different nations that people will respect him as the one that brings peace. It says, and a crown was given unto him, and this is not the diadema crown that Christ wore, the Greek word, again, is like the elders had, Stephanos. And so it's a crown of victory was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. This particular warrior with a bow on the white horse was a famous oriental symbol. So Jesus did not come to bring war and famine and things described in Matthew 24. Jesus came to bring us true, wonderful peace. Verse 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast or living creature say, Come and see. And there went out, another horse, okay, 
another horse that was red. The first horse was white, and that had the Antichrist on it, and the red one represents war. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. We are seeing the prelude of that right now where that major, major nations are arming themselves for a great mobile conflict. So the first horse is the white horse. The second one is the red horse, which represents war. And he will take peace from the earth that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. I believe that is some kind of weapon of mass destruction. Chapter 6 and verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal... Remember, these are the seals on the scroll that our Lord is opening them one at a time. Remember, the scroll was written on the front and on the back, and the front, as they opened it, were given instructions, and then inside were all of the details. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast or living creature say, Come and see. And I beheld a black horse. So we have had the Antichrist. We have had war. We are now having a black horse, which is um, death because, or not death, excuse me, but famine because Lamentations chapter 5, the black, is that symbol of famine. And so the black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands. You see, the black horse is a result of the war. The war was so catastrophic, destroying farmlands and crops and seeds and and animals and all those kind of things to the point that famine has been released on the earth. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny. The penny there is the denarius, and that was a day's wage equivalent in our day of only about 15 cents. But in the time of the writing, that was a day's wage. Are we not seeing now the food shortages and the food expenses that it costs so very much just to feed yourself and feed your family good quality food? And so the fourth horse was a pale horse. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. So we have the first horse is the Antichrist 
The one that sits on him is the Antichrist. The second one is the red horse declaring war, taking peace from the earth. The third one was the black horse or famine. As a result of the war, these are the same ideas in Matthew 24, verses 6 to 8. And our next fourth horse is the pale horse. It's a pale green horse, which represents death. I know that today some of this is kind of complicated material. And we will not, as we study the book of the Revelation, we will not be going verse by verse from chapter 6 to 19 because that is all about the tribulation and you can read that for yourself and I want you just to have a general idea of those chapters and then at chapter 19 we'll pick up at the end of the tribulation with Christ's wonderful coming in glory. Bless you for listening today. If you're without Christ, please receive him today. Repent of your sins. Let me lead you in a prayer. Say, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner and I repent of my sin and I receive you as Lord and Savior today. I confess with my mouth Jesus as Lord, and I believe in my heart God has raised him from the dead. And you know what? You will be saved. This is Pastor Earl saying, I love you.